Broadcasting from the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set with USA Swimming, bringing you interviews with athletes, coaches, and experts from age group swimming to the national and Olympic teams. Thanks for joining us for Kick Set. I am your host for today, Dan McCarthy. We had a chance to catch up with Allison Beebe at the Pro Swim Series stop in Austin, Texas last month. Allison is the high-performance coach for the Santa Clara Swim Club. Before that, she ran the program at the First Colony Swim Team in Houston, where, of course, she coached Simone Manuel. Allison began coaching right out of college and will be a head coach for the USA Swimming Junior Pan Pacific Team this August. Allison took some time to share her thoughts with us on the strong group of women coaches in USA Swimming, her special relationship with the Manuel family, and, of course, all things Crimson Tide, since the Austin meet came on the heels of Alabama's national championship victory. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it. So this is a big week for somebody that would be a uh, Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Is that you? It, that is definitely me. And this might be the best week of my life in terms of being an Alabama fan. <laughs> okay. But what were you thinking at halftime? I, well, I don't take college sports uh, for granted, um, I've seen a lot of basketball games. Last year's football game with Clemson, the previous year's football game with Clemson, um, you're never out till it's out. Uh, I was secretly hoping that Coach Saban would put Tua in, um, and yeah. I am very appreciative of everything that Jalen has done, and Jalen's a fabulous quarterback. Uh, but with Georgia's defense, I knew we needed a passing quarterback. So I had my fingers crossed that Tua would come out um, and I thought with Tua in there that the guys would show some resiliency and fight. Okay. All right. So now the big hot take is that Coach Saban has surpassed Bear Bryant as the greatest coach in NCAA history and the greatest coach at Alabama. Where do you fall on this? That one's a tough one for me because I wasn't alive when Bear Bryant was coaching. And so I have to rely on stories from my grandfather with that preface in mind, I think Coach Saban, hands down, um, is the best. And uh, I think there are so many more distractions now. When when Bear Bryant was the head coach, there wasn't a limit on scholarships. Um, I think with social media, the pull with the draft, who's going to leave early, red shirting, gray shirting, um, maybe not quite clean recruiting. I think he's got so many other factors that he's dealing with. And I don't want to belittle anything that Coach Bryant has done, but uh, Coach Saban uh, is the best. Okay. I mean, he definitely has a plan. Um, have you, as a swim coach, been able to look at anything that he's done, you've read about it, that you think you could use or you have used with your own program? I absolutely have. And I think that that's one of the draws, even though I've got a huge Alabama history in my family. Uh, the draw that Coach Saban brings. And I think being a coach, I appreciate the game because I think I can look back and keep in mind that these are 19, 20-year-old kids. They're going to make mistakes. Um, and as the head coach, he's going to have to deal with this. Uh, but Coach Saban has something called the process. He doesn't look at the scoreboard. He doesn't want his players looking at the scoreboard. Uh, and if you do your job with each and every play, the scoreboard will take care of itself. He's really good about um, each play is a separate individual 
uh, event and you've got to get past it, good or bad, and move on to the next play. And I think a lot of times, you know, we'll go to swim meets and a swimmer may have a lights out swim or a pretty bad swim to start the meet and they have to learn to rebound, uh, put it behind them and, and take their next event with the same focus that they did their first event. Okay. Um, I think it's great to kind of get out of our bubble sometimes mm -hmm. and like look at other sports and mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, aside from Alabama college football, have you looked at to other sports and other coaches for ideas and motivation? I, I definitely have. I think anytime I can learn, anytime I can steal an idea uh, and apply it to help my athletes or just to help me learn and grow, uh, I definitely want to do it. I really appreciate what how Doc Rivers handles a lot of the egos that he's had to deal with. And I remember watching him with the Celtics and he definitely had some hotheads and some egos and just how he was able to um, help each player uh, buy into the team concept rather than looking for highlight reels uh, or, or new sponsors. Um, and when you've got a team full of pretty competitive kids, you're dealing with the same thing. So I, I think anywhere you look, you can always learn something just to help you become a better coach. Okay. So that's outside of our sport coming back in, like the motivation, tricks, ideas, even mentorship within our sport. Um, there's a pretty strong group of women's coaches in USA Swimming, Sue Chen, Rachel Stratton Mills, Kate Lunston, Mary Liston. Do you guys communicate regularly? Are you in touch? We definitely do. Uh, a few years ago at the National Team Coaches Seminar, Kate Sue, Rachel, Jamie Lewis, and myself, we were the only five females club coaches there. And so we became really close. We started a group chat. Um, when Sue had a, a birthday, I won't say which one on air, um, we all went to New York City for her birthday. Uh, when I had my 40th birthday, we all went to Boston for my birthday. And when we were at trials, um, when someone had a, a swimmer or a former swimmer, uh, in finals, everyone else was rallying around, and um, it's the support has been been amazing and awesome. So it's kind of like the kind of support that coaches received from their, I guess, their close knit regional group of mm -hmm. coaching peers. Mm -hmm. But you guys have taken it kind of nationally. Yeah, without a doubt, and we're spread out all over the country. So, and we're in three different time zones. So if someone sends a text. When they have morning practice at 4.30 on the East Coast, um, it, it's a little early for me in California, but <laughs> we, we definitely keep in touch. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. I want to back up a little bit and talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Okay. Okay. So I think we've kind of established that you grew up in Alabama. I did. Went to Davidson, mm -hmm. um, graduated high school or high school history. You started teaching mm -hmm. high school history after that. What kind of history? Um, I actually taught middle school, uh, seventh and eighth grade history, American and world history. And I was um, the swim coach for the high school and a dorm mom at a military boarding school. So I had three different hats and it was awesome. Uh, and I learned a lot. Uh, the military school aspect, I learned a lot about um, making sure kids understood that they're making choices um, if they if they chose to break curfew, these were the consequences. Um, if they chose to go out and do something they shouldn't do, uh, these were the consequences. And just empowering the students to make the right decisions um, rather than 
just harping on them all the time. Uh, I really liked that philosophy. I've tried to carry it into my coaching philosophy, and I think it's helped me relate to athletes a lot better um, and, and help empower them to make the best decisions for themselves. Are you still a history nerd? Uh, not as much. I'm a swimming nerd, and okay. that's uh, that's why I really enjoyed the classroom and I was in St. Petersburg. So we were close to go to Epcot I and mean, we would go to Epcot or there were a lot of really fun things to do, but my passion is swimming. And, um, and it became pretty clear, uh, as I was going through the process of teaching that I just, I loved swimming. And so that's why I went into swimming full-time, coaching full-time. Coaching full-time. So a job opens up at the city of mobile swimming mm -hmm. association. Mm -hmm. You had to go home. Was it mm -hmm that easy of a decision it was and when i was in mobile as a kid it was a small team i, I want to say um we were around 100 swimmers and my age group and senior coach um i, I was a little more organized so even as, as a 14 15 year old i was keeping spreadsheets of times for all the swimmers and filling out the meet entry spreadsheets back then and uh so that was a really easy transition because coming from when that club was so small, I knew a lot of the inner workings from a kid and I could go back 10 years later uh, and just kind of kind of pick up from there. Okay. So there's some gaps we need to fill in there, mm -hmm. but just recently you're named the head coach for the uh, 20, 2018 Junior Pan Pacific Championship team. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Um, a little surreal. I was definitely taken back by the phone call from Mitch, um, and I'm very appreciative of the opportunity, but uh, it, it it wasn't something that was even on my radar. So it, it was it was pretty awesome. And, and uh, stepping back and looking at the big picture, um, a situation I never thought I would be in. Any other goals as far as that? Uh, you know, I actually kind of like with Coach Save in the process, um, I really just take each day um, and figure out ways to get better. And I, I trust that every day that I become a better coach and a better person, whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. I'm going to take a, a, a guess here that one of your proudest moments as a coach was watching Simone swim mm -hmm. at the Rio Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. And then what she did last year at the World Championships. Mm -hmm. This has come to mean a lot to swim fans, even casual fans outside mm -hmm. of the sport for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, can you can you help me explain the importance and the impact of what she did? I, I know some people use the phrase trailblazer when they speak of Simone. Um, her family is incredible and they did a wonderful job um, empowering Simone to follow her goals and her dreams, regardless of what other people around her said. So in terms of the the impact on just society, I mean, I, after she won the 100 freestyle, uh, LeBron put out a tweet, you know, thanks for being a hero for my, for my daughters. And um, it, it's not why Simone does what she does, but she also understands that, that she is a, a role and a little more responsibility um, that comes with her success. And so, and she's, she is very equipped to handle it. My wife teaches in uh, Pittsburgh public mm -hmm. schools and they do a thing for the sixth grade history every year where it's called the wax museum, where the, the kids dress up and create a, a little, little mini museum of an idol. 
Mm -hmm. And she just asked me the other day, she said, I need USA Swimming stuff because a couple of our girls want to be Simone. Wow. And, I mean, they don't even have a swim team. <laughs> so it's it's very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned Simone's family. Mm -hmm. Was it easy finding success together? Did you guys have to build a relationship? Was it natural? How, how did that happen? Um, her parents, if I could pick a set of model parents for age group and senior parents, uh, I would pick Simone's parents. And uh, Simone swam um, her identity was Simone the person who happened to swim as opposed to S Simone the swimmer and that was very important to them they absolutely understood that she needed to make mistakes she needed to be challenged um, they understood that if we made the path easy for Simone um, she wouldn't reach her potential and so uh, there are a lot of parents that don't want to see their child um, make mistakes or uh, where they understood and appreciated the gains that come from making mistakes and learning from them. I understand whenever you say, you know, the family is very important, and we say that in our family too. Mm -hmm. Buy-in from all family members is important when you have a, a goal like Simone's. We often hear a lot about Simone's mom. Can you talk a little bit about her dad's impact on her career? Uh, when he speaks, he's, he speak, his words carry a lot of power and a lot of meaning. Um, and Simone had two brothers. They both played basketball. Simone was the youngest of the three. Both of her parents played. Um, Simone's mom played volleyball. Simone's father played basketball. So it's an athletic family. Um, so uh, Sharon is a huge part of, of Simone's career, but, but Mark is definitely as sure. well. Okay. Did you have to step out of any of your comfort zones as a coach as Simone got better and better and better? Um, did you find yourself challenged searching out new ideas? Um, fortunately, I had a lot of great resources. And uh, even when I was younger, I generally wasn't afraid to ask questions. And I think that's something that I just learned as a child. So you're reputation precedes you as somebody that's definitely open to new ideas mm -hmm. all right um are you trying any now or have you successfully implemented one recently that you'd like to talk about um in terms of training or training administration even i think even the business portion of how we do things is definitely ripe for some changes or some new ideas and swimming uh, in terms of uh, administration um, I had a couple of swimmers move into my group last spring uh, who understood what the what the clock in a, in a race meant, but didn't really understand the X and, X's and O's to get there. And um, they were 14 and they were still going to drop time because they were growing. But it was important to me for them to learn the correlation between their preparation and the results that come up on the scoreboard. And so... Uh, with both of them, I had to actually create a, a worksheet where they evaluated a workout. And um, before a workout, they would have to list one thing they were going to work on, whether it was their streamlines, adding a dolphin kick. Um, after the workout, they'd have to evaluate if they fulfilled that. Um, they'd have to list a couple of things that they improved on and work out a couple of things that they needed to think about for the next workout. Um, they needed to list uh, repeats that, that stood out. Um, and they had to grade themselves. And um, on a scale of one to 10, the first couple would come back as 10s. Uh, and in my eyes, 
Um, we were pretty far from Not tens, so and so just the education process. Uh, but about four or five months into it, they got it. And that's a life skill um, that's going to carry them not only through their swimming career, uh, but just in any aspect of their life. And that's so I think I'm always open to new ideas, uh, but I also recognize that every single swimmer learns differently, applies things differently. And that's one of the fun challenges for me is figuring out how to reach each athlete in my group, um, knowing that they all process things differently and learn things differently. As far as the, the strength and conditioning or dry land, as we call it, portion, from a little bit of research, it sounds like Simone didn't do a lot whenever she was with you, um, maybe a little bit more as she got older. Is that general programming for athletes that age that you coach, or was do you kind of decide which athletes it would be most appropriate for? Well, in Houston, we have an incredible dry land coach, uh, Markel Lacey, and um, Simone didn't lift. Simone didn't do power work per se, uh, but in terms of body weight exercises, med balls, uh, she was taught the proper form. She and Markel did a great job teaching why they were doing each exercise, how it applied to what she was trying to do and her races. Um, so she, she definitely had a great dry land foundation. Um, I intentionally kept her off the weights because she was dropping time without needing them. And, and I, I love the fact that uh, a high school girl broke the American record and the 100 free short course without ever touching a weight. And, and it was important to me to leave as many tools in the toolbox for Simone once the growth spurts ended so that she knew what she needed to do training wise, what she needed to do from a competition standpoint. But there was a, there was a lot of work uh, in the weight room or power wise in the water where she could continue to get better. Okay, excellent. Um, before I let you go today, one of the things that I wanna know is what's on your iPod right now? What were oh, you listening gosh. to this morning? Um, well, this morning I was driving 14 and 15 year old girls to the pool. So it was some song by Taylor Swift, and that's about all I can tell you on that. Um, so that was not my choice, uh, but they needed to wake up, and I made the sacrifice. So it's it's become evident from talking how you know how important Simone's mother, her father, even her brothers were as part of this process. Is there any story you can tell that can kind of encapsulate this? It, my my favorite story about the manual family is when Simone was 12, she went to uh, age group zones, I believe it was down in Orlando, and had a really big breakthrough 100 freestyle. I wanna say she started off the season hoping to break a minute, and I think she ended up going 58 mid. Um, and it, it she made her first summer junior cut, and, um, and I always met with Simone's mom at the start of the season because, and she would bring her calendar because she had to do schedules for three kids and three different athletic teams. And we were talking a little bit about the sport and, and Simone's 100 freestyle. And usually when kids that young have a breakout swim, parents, you know, come in and tell me, well, you know, Dara Torres at age 12 was doing this or, um, and Sharon's comment was, we don't want our daughter to get a big head. And I remember sitting in the office at First Colony thinking about this incredibly talented young lady and her parents' biggest concern was about not getting a big head. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be able to tell this story one day because I think it's important for age group parents to keep the big picture in mind. Wow. What an excellent lesson to end on. Allison, 
Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Thanks for listening to Kick Set with USA Swimming. Check out www.usaswimming.org slash kickset for more episodes and add Kick Set to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes.